my hope for this conversation is that it will inspire people to um, believe that the things that um, you know they hope are real are. Um, right. You know whether it's lucid dreaming anytime you want, um, having direct contact with spirits, being able to see energy. That these things aren't, you know, just like that. Seeing, you know, for instance, seeing energy doesn't mean like seeing the world in a different way. You know, right. it means like seeing energy. You right. know. Right. Uh, and that contact with spirits, what, you know, the, the focus of the conversation today, which is, you know, the fact that it can appear real to you, it, that it can be as if we're having this conversation right now mm -hmm. is the degree to which contact with the invisible, that, that's how real it can be. And ultimately. Ultimately. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, uh, and, but, so what's keeping us from having that experience anytime we want, especially if it's, you know, some of the people that have been, that are going to listen to this conversation have been practicing some form of esoteric work or, you know, they're, sure. you know, following a spiritual tradition some or some kind of spirituality, sort, right. right? So right. it's like, so, you know, if the, if, if they want that type of experience or anything even close to it, right? Because, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how that can be really sure, intense, sure. right? But, um, but you know, obviously, if you're listening to this conversation, you want something approximating that to some right. degree. So, why aren't we having it? You know, and uh, so that's the that's the plan. And, you know, go through some of those things. You know, how do we make it happen? And and uh, and you're going to share one of your experiences, which is sure. I mean, the other thing too is that you know we've decided to do this in sort of a conversational mode, right? Not like a here's a webinar with a giant pitch and a lyric. Just wait, there's more. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, we're not very good at that. <laughs> we're not very good at that. It's it's not our mode of operation. This is our mode of operation, and so and I think that uh, you know people are you know more acclimated to this now with you know like Joe Rogan podcasts and all kinds of podcasts and you know conversations around things instead of just like oh here's our this and this and this and we're going to talk about this today and we're going to you know like these bullet lists of things and pretty soon you're just your head spinning because you can't keep track of the whole list instead of you know I mean think about you know uh going to a party or going to a you know somebody's house where there's other people there and you're having conversation you get and they're talking about something's very interesting right and it's like it's a conversation right it's like you don't feel inhibited about asking questions and like what do you think about this or you know and it's it's intimate right it's really like i i think the information comes across in a much better way it makes people inspired to want to go out and do something about that evaluate their own practice or their own life and you know that sounds like something I'd really like to engage in and you know how do I do that do I have to you know pack up sell all my shit and go off to a cavern someplace in Tibet or you know or join some ashram someplace or whatever you know it's like no you you, you know it's, for most of us that's not a viable option right so it's like no you can do it in your life and develop it within the structure of your life you know obviously there'll have to be some modifications right but it's not like wipe all that out you know get rid of my family you know <laughs> and you know shave my head and go off someplace it's like no that's not a viable option for most people right so i think that uh that's the point that 
I'd like to get across anyway that that uh, you know that to have these kind types of experiences or to develop these capacities within yourself, you don't have to completely uh, yeah upend your shuffle life. off to someplace <laughs> else, you know, and and that you know someplace there there's so much ancient wisdom that you could be steeped in that that you're just going to get it by osmosis. It's like no, it's still a lot of freaking work when you go there and do those kinds of things, right? And and years and years and years of practice, it's that that doesn't get taken out just because you're in a certain place, right? I mean, it's like people would love it if, you know, some famous teacher or great guru or whatever could just say like, oh yeah, I can see you've got the touch, you know, or you've got the gift or you've got this and it's going to take you exactly 27 years, 0.3, you know, to facilitate that, you know, it's like, no, nobody, nobody that I've ever met, I definitely can't, you know, and I've never met anybody that said they could do that or could prove that they could do that. So, um, you know, in my way of thinking, if everybody that I respect has said that's not a possibility, that you just can't do that, people are too, um, they're too intricate. You know, they have too many filters. We're all fingerprints, you know, right? So it's like energetically speaking as well, right? We have a very, um, you know, uh, complex structure and and it's all of our life experiences come through or are, are seen in that. And so we're going to filter all of our experiences through that, right? So we could potentially have the same energetic experience, but it's going to look different to you than it does to me, right? Because mm -hmm. our fingerprints are different. Our life experiences are different, right? So how I sort of encapsulate that is going to be slightly different, what I'm comfortable with, right? Or or maybe in sometimes not comfortable with, right? To sort of push me in a certain direction, depending again on... Uh, you know, the way that I think of it, it's like uh, one of the primary things is what do you want, right? It's like, what do you want? Why do you want it, right? So it's like those questions need to be answered. And it's one of those things that, you know, sort of has gone by the wayside. And that's a primary question to direct, you know, wh what, you're, what are you aiming at, right? It's like, what do you want? Do you just want to sort of have some spiritual experience or you know that's just sort of vague and out there and like you feel good about yourself by doing that but and if that's the case that's fine you know but if you're you know if you have a specific goal first identify what that is what is the target and then you know why do you want that it's it seems to have something to do with achieving it is understanding why you want to achieve that really like rending it down to the base motive for wanting to be there. And, uh, once you have that, everything else sort of like now it's differentiated these things, these practices, these things, these thought processes, everything that you do, it will either a move you closer to that goal or distract you from it. Right? So it becomes very clear who's friend, ally who's enemy mm -hmm. right and who not meaning people right but all things so and that's uh, that's clearly one of those things that, that make a difference and it's one of those things that gets lost to antiquity not many people are being taught that right so you think that maybe one of the reasons why you've had the experiences that you've had that some of which we'll be sharing today mm -hmm. um do you think a big reason for that is that you've had a clear idea of how you wanted those things to unfold? 
and that you wanted things to appear in a certain way and you wanted to be immersed in your spiritual experiences, you wanted them to take a certain form. Right. I, I think that that's a true statement, but I would definitely say that I didn't like a genius come up with that on my own, right? It was like right. I was taught that, you know, like if how are you going to hit a target if you don't know where the target is or you don't you can't identify what that target is. Mm. Right? If I want to walk toward a tree, I don't start walking toward a rock. Right. And I think <laughs> that that's like you know, my one of my main hopes and goals for like our conversation today is that, you know, people will come away from like hearing your story mm -hmm. and, you know, and just kind of the essence of this conversation, but that they'll have a sense that no matter what it is, no matter what form they want their spiritual experiences to take and how they want that to influence that their, their life, that literally like the sky is the limit and that they can like let their imagination run wild and like really put themselves out there and and expect that that that's a real possibility for them you know like to reawaken that imaginative spirit because like as i've gone through like my own you know journey of you know learning about shamanism and esoteric practice mm -hmm. and like all this stuff like i've definitely had moments where like i was a little bit like um, you know, disappointed by either a certain teacher or whatever to the point where you're like, oh, you, you know, I never got to the point where I quit. I was so disappointed by what was available to me that um, I like gave it all up. I always like there was some part of me that some core part of me that was like, no, like this, the way that this is articulated in these books that I've read, and there's just something deep inside that says this stuff is real. This is how, this is the form it should take when it's actually happening versus when it's, like you said, right. when it's real or when it's a distraction or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think um, part of what's kind of continuously brought me along and kept me in the game, um, you know, is just that, that core part that says, like, keep going, you mm -hmm. know, like, you know keep putting it out there like you know it's uh but isn't that the same thing as like you know if we like one of the key things for me is that the principles that we talk about are the same principles for everything even you know for physical reality as well right like where mm -hmm. you know like i mean you just described entrepreneurship right it's like everything's stacked against you there's 7 billion people out there and only a very tiny percentage, not even 1% of them are actually going to hit that high territory of what people think of when they want to start a business or some venture, right? So it's like, you know, and yet there's something in them that's driving them, even if they get crushed, which happens a lot, right? I mean, people can get crushed in their business, lose everything, whatever. I mean, those are typical stories now that we hear from people and yet something you know, drove them to push through and go after, but they had a very clear idea of what it is that they wanted, right? And they knew that somehow it was possible and that they were going to go for broke no matter what, you know, and sometimes multiple times before they actually, you know, struck gold or did whatever, right? And, um, and I think that that's the same sort of chutzpah that, you know, you, yeah. you know, that people need to have in their spiritual practice too. It's not all just like, I'm all blissed out. It's like blissed out bubble heads don't move forward. There's no motivation for moving forward. 
-hmm. You're in the spot you want to be, right? It's like this very lofty, everything's okay, you're good, I'm good, you know, everything's good with the universe, I'm one with everything, blah, 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 right? So it's like, there's no motivation to move forward from that. What are you, what are you gonna go to? You've hit it, you're in Nirvana, you're in this, you're in that, right? It's like, it's, it, no, it's not the same thing. It's like, it's getting, th you know, identifying potential problems or things that need to be rectified, right? And then you're moving through them. And uh, mastery is moving through them with skill and ease or seeming so on the outside. Nobody sees, everybody sees the professional, you know, hitting a home run. Yeah. But nobody sees the thousands of hours it took batting practice and getting hit with the ball and, you know, you know, having a concussion or, you know, yeah. getting a fracture in your arm and, you know, all of the and still going out and doing it. And all the hours you did that instead of like fooling around on the Internet or God knows what. Right. So it's like nobody sees that. They just see this guy who's like, you know, skilled doing this thing and making it look easy. It's like, you know, we know it intellectually. But, you know, can I put myself in that place? Can you, can you identify something that would, you know, thrill you so much that seemingly has no end, that you, no matter how far you can go, you can always go farther? Can you identify that adventure and step into that? You know, not jump into the ocean, in the middle of the ocean, and try to rend your way back to some shore, right? It's like literally starting from the beach and dipping your toes in the water and going, oh man, that's cold. Okay. <laughs> you know, can I acclimate to that? Oh, maybe it'd be fun to get up to my ankles. You know, it's like, it's like step-by-step -step progress, but identifying something that, you know, some adventure that you do want to step into and that, you know, just thrills you every day. You wake up and you're like, wait, I got another chance. All right, let, let's see how far I can go today. And, you know, and enjoy that process. Even enjoying, I mean, it sounds weird, but even enjoying the things that um, don't work out, right? Because it's like, it teaches you a lot, right? Oh, okay, that really, that really crapped out. It's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or I need to adjust or rethink it. Am I doing it right? You know, all of those things become they're not problems anymore. They're just ways to uh, facilitate not just an understanding, but a better way of practicing to, you know, maneuver around that elegantly, you know, as much as possible. Right. And, you know, that was one of those conversations that we had like early on too, you know, was, I, I was kind of in the place where I was reading a, a lot of that stuff that was like, get rid of your desires, you know, like the, the solution to the suffering that's induced by the angst of like having unfulfilled desires in life you know the solution to that is to give up all all your desires and just be like at peace with what is right now you know mm -hmm. just you know and uh where i'm sure there's a place for that you know one of the things that you talked to me about is like well you know the alternative to that is basically like using your desires as a core driver to facilitate the kind of not just life but spiritual experiences that you want to have you know right. it's like instead of just accepting things as they are you know it's like own your your core desires and figure out how to make that fuel the practices that you're doing to produce those those things and so you know to get into your uh story that you that we're going to have you share today um you know that was literally like you know it's like, yes, you were doing uh, specific practices, but you also were 
uh, fueling those practices with the challenges that were going on in your life at the time as a way to facilitate a deeper relationship with the spirit that, you know, you know, you had contact with at that time. Right. And it wasn't, you know, it's really important, you know, a couple of things, right? It, it, it wasn't like at the time when that happened, I was trying to do that. That's to an important have, to note, have, the have that experience. This scenario, right? It wasn't like, I mean, there are some practices like, uh, you know, old school, traditional, magical practices, right? Where it's like, you might build up, you know, four months to a year of little pieces that you're cobbling together and understanding and practice that you're using to culminate in one giant ritual that, you know, shakes the pillars of the universe, right? I mean, there are practices like that. It wasn't that, right? It was, and, and um, you know, I have done that. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it can work, but it's, it's you know, it's not meant for everyone, right? And, and um, but I feel like, um, on this side of it, it was, I liked this much better because it was the, little, techniques, the that techniques that I used to get to that place, even though that place wasn't the place I was trying to at the time, you know? So the experience itself, um, which is, I think should be looked at as, you know, very encouraging because that just means that that contact is with you Available. all around us all the time it's just that we don't tap into it right and yeah and it can happen at any given moment there are people that could you know listen to the things that we're going to talk about and you know start putting them into place and then all of a sudden it's like they can you know they could have contact on the first time you know to whatever degree i have no idea but it's possible right and other people that'll work at it and really put it into place and they need that systematic approach and and then they get it that way, right? So, but I think it is available for everyone. Like, I'm nothing special, right? It's not like I had some prodigy, you know, childhood or any of that stuff, right? And um, it's just been a lot of work. And, and uh, you know, again, my results are not typical to follow that business model again, right? It's like, you know, I've done this for over 40 years with, instruction and before that i was just experiencing and and making it up on my own right and so um and a lot of people do that and then you know they don't find a teacher they don't find somebody to put it in a systematic approach and so it becomes less and less of of something they want to engage in because it it seems futile because there's so much out there right and especially now there's so much out there where do you start where do you begin you know is it the right path the wrong path what you know <laughs> there's all of that so for me i would just you know it's it's a caution and at the same time inspiration right that it's like it can happen to anybody anytime and um and that because of it you don't turn into a blabbling idiot either right it's like you need to be able to uh, engage the world on a regular physical reality level as well right in a, in a in a good context right it's like you need to be able to perform here as well as you do in the invisible whatever that is or <laughs> so well i think you know what it is but i think you know what it is right it's like there you go so anyway uh so this story was you know very personal hence why i didn't tell you until a short time ago right and you said hey that's a good 
spur for this, you know, so like, okay, let's, let's do that then. Um, so I was working and doing, um, as Dustin said, I was doing a number of things, uh, practices to facilitate what I perceived as, uh, you know, some dysfunction with my relationships in certain areas, like a couple of my kids that were, you know, I wasn't quite, you know, hitting, you know, head to head with things and, and, um, uh, also some business relationships and things like that. And I thought, you know, finally, when all these things start putting together, I mean, I'm not that smart, right? So it's like, by the time things really started to not completely collapse, but I could tell that it was happening on multiple levels. It's like, okay, you know, obviously I'm the problem here, right? The whole world is, you know, not going crazy, you know, and I'm the only one that's sane, right? It's the opposite. So I'm the crux here and I'm the one that's got some way that I'm not understanding this and it's not working out. So I was doing practices around that to sort of understand that. And so relationships for me in a general heading was, you know, around the, you know, the spirit of Venus or the energy around Venus, the planet, right? And the deity itself. And so, so that sort of comes under the heading of, you know, in a way a Kabbalistic practice. And, and um, so that tree of life glyph can show you, you know, like, the positions and what those correspondences tend to be like, right? And so we start acclimating ourselves to that and doing practices around it. Now, they weren't all Kabbalistic practices, right? It was like I've, I had a lot of experience before that with other things. So I was putting things together uh, that uh, I knew over time and, and with work had, you know, sort of dovetailed together so that they worked together toward the same goal, toward the same purpose. And that was me facilitating um, contact with Venus in a way that would enlighten me to, you know, what my role is with these relationships, how I need to adjust myself in order to achieve that. And um, uh, so, um, one of the things that I was doing was this uh, meditating practice called uh, circle walking. So, uh, and that's just walking. You could walk literally creating a circle is just the traditional st standard for this. And you walk around within this circle and you, you know, you're praying or speaking out loud what it is that you're trying to achieve and, and where you think the faults are, both your own and other and all of that, right? And you're trying to get answers. Well, but it's a conversational form of prayer, right? Where it's like, it's not just you blabbling for an hour and a half, right? It's like literally, like you're, you're stating something, you're asking a question, you're waiting in silence for an answer, but you're still moving the whole time. So the idea of moving and speaking conversationally sort of brings that familiarity essence or, you know, sort of an idea together, like with you and wh whatever you're trying to contact, right? You're looking for inspiration, right? So, and uh, so, uh, but in this case, I tend to do it not in a circle. I do it in a field that I have on my property, right? And sometimes I do it in, uh, there. Are, there's a forest behind us and, you know, I have paths cut there. And so there's a path that kind of traverses the, the periphery of, of that. And so I was doing it with that. The other thing that I was layering on that, because the whole, <clears throat> the whole idea with contact is that you're trying to put yourself into from normal interaction state to, you know, interaction state 
with something that's probably resonating at a higher level than you, right? So the idea is that you're trying to put yourself in a trance state that will sort of bring down your physical and elevate, you know, your energetic. And so that means instead of the normal way that we look at things in this case and, and specifically hit a target, right? Like, oh, I make that tree more specific and everything else sort of blurs out. It's sort of, you use this process called gazing, which is part of the major practices with seeing, right? It's like you're opening up your vision to periphery. So it's more like an open focus type of meditation where it's divergent, right? It's like spread out. So no one thing gets to be, you know, uh, explicitly isolated from everything else, right? It's just sort of this wash. I mean, you can still see when you get used to it, you can still see where you're going. You're not like falling over a cliff or anything. Um, but there's that. So the visual parts there, you know, I'm just letting the sounds and which I interpreted as Venus, which is part of the earth and everything that grows, right? It was probably like late spring, early summer when I did this and, uh, saying, okay, you know, this, the bird sounds and the insect sounds and, you know, the sounds of nature, the wind through the trees and all these things is sort of like enveloped in this Venusian aspect of, of the earth. And uh, my steps, I was making very rhythmic. So it's sort of like a drum, right? Through my body that it's like this certain pace that becomes very hypnotic. And again, bringing my, you know, trance state up, but because my physical is, is sort of going down, right? I'm not paying as much attention to it. It's very rhythmic. Same thing with my breathing in between when I'm talking, right? When I'm in my uh, silent mode waiting for and anticipating uh, you know, an answer to my questions, it's like I'm breathing very rhythmically. How many, how many beats of my feet are, you know, breathing in and holding my breath and then breathing out again. And, you know, this whole sort of rhythm of breathing that sort of, in, you know, again, instills that idea of like the physical body can sort of be put in a rhythm that it's on hold. And, you know, your energetic body can sort of expand out and, and sort of resonate up a bit. So I'm doing all of these practices at the same time, walking out into the forest and, you know, and it's a good expanse. So, um, and I'm feeling pretty good about it at that point. It was just like, it was a good rhythm. It was a good time. I sort of sunk right into it right from the beginning. And it was, it, there wasn't a lot of um, time that I needed to sort of uh, uh, acclimate myself to it. It really happened very quickly. And I thought, oh, this is a good day. This is really, you know, and of course that joy, I fed back into it as well, right? And, and so... Um, but I'm just holding my practice and asking, you know, stating what I thought, you know, was the scenario as much as I could and, um, um, and where I thought I was mistaken and where I thought maybe they were mistaken and how could we bring these two things together. And you were already engaging as if oh, absolutely. it was there with you. That's part of that circle walking practice, right, is that engaging it as if it was right next to you the whole time and listening to you and, and answering you back. It's just that you aren't entrained enough to that frequency to be able to understand it, right? Like only speaks to like. So, um, you know, basically uh, that's the idea. So, you know, you're constantly trying to bring yourself into a mode that you can understand, uh, you know, what's being said back to you, right? What's being answered. So, 
Um, so anyway, I'm moving in and about a third of the way through, um, it was a beautiful day. So on, on about a third of the way through, uh, there's a stream that goes across the property and, uh, you know, it's not a huge stream, but you know, a few paces wide and it's down a small ravine and it's not like a cliff ravine, you know, it's just sort of a steep, but not very long. And, um, so I come to the top of it and I'm still in my gazing. I'm very proud of myself at that point. You know, it's like, oh, look, I can move through the woods and I don't have to look at anything specific. And <laughs> it's those little joys of things that are going well at the time. Right? I am really good at this. <laughs> it's yeah. just so ridiculous. So anyway, especially after the next part of the story, right? <laughs> because you learn how good you are at that. And so I started to, um, you know, pride goes before at the fall, right? And so <laughs> it's perfect. So I started to go down this ravine. And, it's, you know, it's steep, but it's not horribly steep. It's not a cliff. And, uh, you know, there's debris on the ground, a lot of dead leaves and that kind of stuff. And everybody's had this event, right, where they were in wet grass and they, didn't, they weren't paying attention so much and they slipped. And, and they don't fall, but they slipped and they catch themselves. There's that startle response like, oh, you know, it's like you don't want to fall on the ground for whatever reason. So, um, so I slipped on the leaves going down, right? And there was that bit of a, you know, like, there was a slide that went more than a step and then another step to sort of catch up. And of course, you know, I startled like anybody else. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, but you know, when you do that, a lot of times you look down to see if your feet are on solid ground or not. It was just a reaction. And, uh, and so I did that and I thought, you know, but then I was like mad at myself because it's like, I lost my my practice. I've lost my practice, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought, oh, okay. So it's like, get get your shit back together, you know? <laughs> it's like, and, and by the way, stop chastising yourself for losing a practice. You know, all of those things that we all do, right? And so all of that, all in a millisecond, right? All of that happened like this. So the, and so then I, I started to bring my head back up to go back into my gazing practice. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, you know, uh, there's a woman by the stream and I'm like now I'm like even more slightly startled and but at the same time my personality it's like I don't want to I mean it's my property but I don't want to scare somebody and I was I thought oh, I made enough all of these things again going through my head at a million miles an hour right it's like she should have heard me because I made enough noise. It wasn't like it was a graceful slip. What's that, right? So it was like, and it's dead leaves. So there's like noise, right? And, um, you know, but I thought, oh, I don't know. She didn't hear me. So I, I just said, hello, you know, and as a conversational tone, right? And then nothing, no response, right? And then all of a sudden I realized like, there's no sound, right? So that was my first idea or first uh, you know clue that i had stepped into the unknown right there was no sound of wind through the trees there were no bird sounds there were no insect sounds everything was silent and i mean like silent right it's like i often tell people it's sort of like uh, going through a revolving door but not just muffled like nothing when you're inside that right the cone of silence you know it's like <laughs> so and the only and nothing was moving right it was like there was no movement of the trees in the wind or anything like that it was just all still and that gave me another start that that's what it was and you know the stream was moving but there was no sound in the stream and i thought okay 
I've definitely stepped into something here. I don't know what that is, right? It's the unknown. It's not an experience that I had had prior and, and startled because it was from what for me was a very common experience in practice, moved into something that was extremely rare and, uh, you know, and completely unknown other than the territory kind of looked the same. But other than that, every other aspect of it was completely off the charts, different, okay? And so my heart, you know, immediately goes into like fight or flight, like anybody's would, right? And so then, you know, one of the principles kicked in is like good training, good result, bad training, bad result, right? Instead of like cut and run, which might have been an okay option, right? It's like, you know, breathe and bring your heart rate back down, you know? get to a more coherent state of mind so that you can really understand what's going on here as much as possible. Because, you know, when you've stepped into the unknown, you have no reference points. It's only yourself. And so if you've done the right training, you have a good result, right? If you know who you are, then your reference point is solid, right? If you don't know who you are, how you'll respond, or all of these little, um, intricacies within your own mind then it's a it's a now even you are an unknown you have no reference point at the at, in that state right so but knowing that and spending many years doing that focusing yourself i was able to calm myself down and i don't can't tell you how long right maybe a minute i don't know and uh and it went down and so i said again hello and uh and she started to speak you know, and she, you know, was sort of squatting down like with her right hand in the water. I don't know where her left hand was. And, uh, uh, you know, was like, uh, you know, in a, you know, again, who knows if this is correct or incorrect, but uh, not up on the dress terminology, but, you know, long, dark hair um, uh, and, um, you know, in a dress that would, I sort of reference as like a gypsy coloration or whatever the classic that is, you know, kind of poofy, but not something elegant or anything like that. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, she started to talk to me and all I could see was like sort of three quarters from the back. Right. So I could see like a bit of a profile of the face, but not like her whole face, not her eyes or anything like that. So, um, and she started to talk to me and say, you know, like I heard what you were asking about the questions and, uh, you know, about questions about relationships and, you know, here's what I think. And just started to, you know, not like super pleasant or doting on me and at the same time, but not chastising me either. Just sort of more matter of factly, like, here's how I understand this, you know, and here's what you can do to, uh, you know, correct it if you want. If that's your desire, then this is what you do to correct yourself. And also, not just the things that it was all on me, right? But she also said, here are the things that you've taken on yourself that aren't yours to take on. You know, this is their part of that. And, you know, in a relationship, it takes two. So that's one of those things that, uh, like, you know, again, you can do everything correct and if these other people don't want that to happen, it's not going to happen, right? It's not like you can force them to do those things. It's got to take, you know, relationship is two. 
coming together, right? So, um, so it wasn't like I had to take on all of that myself. So, I, you know, obviously, I felt good about that, you know, and um, um, but really paid attention to the things that I could change about myself or how I interpreted and what I could do to promote that going forward because I really did want the relationships to work obviously, especially with my kids, but even with the business relationships, I did want it to come together or else I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Right. And, um, so, uh, that went on for a while and I, I, um, you know, I started to, uh, sort of like, I was getting a little more comfortable. So I was like trying to see if I could shift myself to, <laughs> you know, see if I can see more of her face or whatever. And it's like, it was another one of those things to know that you're in the unknown because it's like, no matter how I moved, it never was more than what I, the view that I had standing straight up and down, you know, it's like, I couldn't get a better view of that. And so, um, so I started feeling really heavy at a certain point, right? And so, and I felt like I just have to move. It wasn't, I have to move because I'm anxious. It was more like I was feeling more and more heavy. Like I'm going to have to sit down here if I don't move my feet or that kind of thing. So, um, so I started to walk and, and again, no sound from my feet on the ground or any of that, you know, there's no noise at all. And so I started to move sort of downstream from her, which is where these rocks are. The reason that I was going there to begin with, this is where I could cross the stream and, um, uh, you know, without getting soaked. So, uh, uh, so I started to move in that direction. It just felt like it, it was done. You know, what she was there to tell me was finished. It wasn't like, oh, you're dismissed or any of that stuff. I didn't get that sense at all. It was just sort of like it felt like the time to, you know, to be done and move. And um, so I started to move in that direction and I could see still, I was going back to my practice, right? Like gazing and all of that. And my foot hit that uh, first rock, my left foot hit that rock. I could feel the rock really like it was very poignant, you know, like there was a solidness to it, a, a point of contact, you know, and it's like, it was different than just a couple minutes before that, right? So there was that solid, you know, sensation there. And, uh, and I noticed when that was the case that in my peripheral vision, I couldn't see her anymore. And so, um, and in that moment, I just was sort of like relaxed and resolved that, oh, wow, you know, that, that happened. And I pushed off with my right foot to hit the next rock. And in the moment that I did that, it was like, everything came back to normal, like all my senses and sensations. And so I could feel the breeze and feel the sunshine and, you know, see the, hear the wind, hear the birds, hear the insects. And it wasn't like instant. It was more like somebody took a volume control and just did it really quickly, but smoothly up, right? From the moment that my foot left the shore to hitting the next rock. And also what happened during that time is I felt, you know, this arm slip through my arm. Uh, like, you know, like we would do as kids, you know, like arm in arm walking down the street, you know, just sort of camaraderie, you know, and, uh, uh, and so, uh, and I could see from my peripheral vision that she was there next to me and her arm was looped through my arm and I just kept stepping on the next stone on the next stone and getting to the other shore. 
Uh, it was only three or four strides and you're across, you know, it's not very big again. And so, uh, and so I'm on the other shore. And so we kept walking and it was like just this incredible, I don't know, comfort, you know, like, like, you know, a friend that you had for a very long time, you know, and it's like literally like even joking around, like arm in arm walking, you know, like, and, uh, uh just, you know, no inhibition about that, just comfortable. You know, I can't, I can't describe the depth of comfort that that was. And, uh, and it wasn't like all of a sudden it's like, teach me, you know, <laughs> it was like, it, we just had conversation, you know, it's as weird as that sounds. It was like, it was just conversation, you know, like, oh, well, you know, She's asking me questions about this and that, and I'm just answering, and you know, as you would answer a friend, like, oh, this is happening, and oh, isn't this good about this? And, and you know, with the kids and with Nina and all of these people in my life, you know, and the business and all of them, you know, um, I wasn't probing for deep secrets of the universe, you know, maybe I should have, I don't know. I just felt like that, that was so good. I didn't want that to go away, right? And, uh, and so that continued. Like I said, I mean, that stream is a, probably a third of the way through that loop that I take. And so for another two thirds of that way, how long? I have no idea, you know, but you get to the end and then there's sort of a, a, a long curve and you come back on the other side of the property. And, and uh, by the time I'd started to go that way, you know, it's like I noticed her, you know, the arm sensation wasn't there and I couldn't really see her in that peripheral vision, you know, and, um, and then I was kind of gushing, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not above that to say, you know, I was like, then I was like, it wasn't like I dropped down to my knees and was like, Woo! but I was like, you know, like, oh my God, thank you. That was so great. And, you know, obviously there were a few other lessons that were in there, but those were for me. And so I'm not going to discuss those, but, but, you know, I just, um, it was an incredible experience. And, and all the way back, I was, you know, just, you know, like I said, gushing about how grateful I was and thank you and thank you and I hope we can do this again. And, you know, I'd really like your counsel on this and that, all of that stuff. And so if there's anything that I can do, let me know, you know. And so it really was like an interaction that you would have with, with another person that you met and, you know, you exchange some information or, you know, a benefit for one another. And, um, got home, wrote it down in as much detail as I could. And then, you know, and then of course the biggest part is like, <laughs> you know, put it into practice, you know, you, you know, take those things to heart and do them and see what the result will be. Right. And, and the result was that things worked out on every level. I mean, it was really, you know, it was very, uh, quick too. It was like, um, you know, the relationships resolved in the way that I wanted them to, they really worked out. And, and, and since then I've used that in all of my relationships, just those principles to sort of, uh, you know, make my relationships more of what I want them to be and beneficial on both sides. Right. So, um, yeah, so, you know, that was that experience. And I think the key thing is not just oh my God, that's so fantastical. I'd like to do that. But, you know, I think the key point is, is that 
you know, I didn't know that was going to happen, right? I didn't know it wasn't my purpose for that time, right? For doing that practice. It was just part of my practices. We don't always know, you know, when these things are going to happen, but it's always sort of instilled in me um, that you don't know when those, that it could happen at any time, right? So you need to make yourself available for that at any time. You know, it's not like, oh, I just go to church on Sunday or I just go to temple on Saturday or whatever, right? Um, uh, or I do my half hour meditation every day when I get out of bed. You know, it's like, yeah, those are all great things, but it's like, how do you incorporate that through the day? You know, how do you implement, you know, all of these things and, and sort of weave them into the tapestry of your life and make yourself available for spirit at any given moment. You know, I think because when you do that, there are more opportunities for that to occur. And it becomes, it's almost like, I don't want to say it's commonplace, but it's like you start engaging it as an inevitable thing, not as something that maybe sort of could maybe happen. Maybe it's happened to other people. And maybe if I'm really good, it might happen to me. And, you know, <laughs> so you make yourself available for that, right? It's like, I mean, that's important. We do that in the physical world too, right? I really want to have an incredible business. Well, start a business. And then maybe if you make yourself available for that, you know, you'll have an incredible business sometime. You don't even know when that opportunity will come up. But if it's just always like you're in the planning stages, you know, it's like it, it, never, it never comes to fruition because it's never been started. You've never put the seed in the ground. So it's like, how are you expecting a plant to just appear there? You know, so you have to make yourself available. And that means that any practice that you do you're engaging, you know, the invisible. And the more specific you are for that, the more likely it is that you're going to, you know, um, engage in that contact. There's a couple things I wanted to mention and ask you about. Um, one of them was, I just wanted to, you know, you know, I know one of the points that you make on a regular basis is about how, um, you know, that those experiences of contact, you know, are not just like necessarily one-time things, but can be made to be consistent. Like you were saying, like, you know, it could happen at any time. And I sure. engage all my practices as if I could step into that at any moment, you know, and that's like awesome, you know, <laughs> but, but, but at the same time, I know you, you've said that, um, you know that if you want to have that experience that you can facilitate it through specific practices and and one of those things uh, one of the things that you highlight about that is that it reduces your like separation anxiety like it's not like you just have that experience and you have you walk away from it thinking or feeling that like that that's a one-time thing that you were kind of like graced in that moment and that's like that's what you get and like you've got your cookie for the rest of your life like you know <laughs> right. like you do you did all these practices good boy like here you go like but it's something that you can um you know return to and maybe you could just talk a little bit about that but yeah i think that that's you know people have had that um experience primarily of uh you know having some grand event in their life peak and experiences peak experiences whatever. sure you know 
um, even in a spiritual way, right? Like they, they have a samadhi experience for a limit, you know, short period of time or whatever, but then it's sort of like, okay, there's your cookie and see you later. Um, you know, what did I do to bring that back again? You know, or what did I do to facilitate that? And how can I do, can I repeat that process and do it again? Well, yeah, you can. Um, and so, but I do think that a lot of it is anticipating, you know, um, anticipating that that is one of the effects that is going to happen to you, right? Is that contact from the smallest contact to the largest, right? And, uh, and so, uh, maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, like it, obviously it doesn't always start out with such a big bang, right? It's like, uh, you know, I had plenty of, you know, small, what we would call small C for the, you know, identifying, you know, as opposed to the large C, which is what I described, right? So, you know, sort of face-to-face -face contact, if you want to call it that. And so, but the small Cs are everything from, you know, and doing small C being like small contact, lowercase, lowercase C, contact. C right, it's right, kind of right. Like just like a definition. Yeah, of yeah, you had to call it something. Lowercase Otherwise, C we can't contact, talk about big it. Big C contact, right, right, right capital right. C, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I stole that basically from, uh, you know, Andrew Newberg. Right, he's yeah. like he's a great uh, neuroscientist that you know, you know, sort of established that, you know, enlightenment, right? It's like your brain on enlightenment, I think. is How enlightenment book. changes, changes your, brain. your brain. Awesome And, and uh, you know, he uses large E enlightenment stages and little E enlightenment stages. Right. So just, you know, to give credit where credit's due. Totally. So, um, and so, uh, again, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of those uh, small C experiences can come up. And of course, the first few times you even have those, it's like, it's just a, you notice it, right? It's like you're in a meditative state and some, you know, it's like the first time you notice you're having no thoughts, right? Which is a very, a very advanced thing to have happen, right? And usually it's just a glimpse of that here and there. Like by the time you notice it, it's gone and your thoughts are reeling again right so uh yeah but that's familiar it. yeah <laughs> we're all familiar okay <laughs> it's like and so it's going there and and so but you just notice it and so you know you you get a little burst from that right like holy crap you know it's just i just had a second with no thoughts and once you realize that it, it disappears it vanishes and so there are lots of those little places of contact right where it's like you're opening yourself to those events and then and to chase that phenomena at that point is like the best way to keep it from happening again, right? It's like trying to grab smoke. You know, I can see it, I can smell it, I can do all those things, but to try to actually hold it in my hand. Right. No. This is how we relate to things in the physical world, like that, you were saying. The that's difference right. between like a focused view of a person like you in front of me right now, I'm focusing right. on you when you're talking, I'm not like gazing into looking at the space around you or my right. peripheral vision right, looking right, 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 right at you right exactly and this is how we engage the physical world but when it comes to engaging the energetic world we need that's when we want that divergent more divergent focus. focus right right so and gazing or or the space of no thoughts or right or open focus around you you know could be the observation of mind all of these things right there there are all kinds of techniques you know, designed to help focus you and then open up your, mm. open your focus as well, right? And they both have, you have to balance them in order to make it, you know, come into the optimal position for you.
And everybody's a little bit different with that, right? We're all fingerprints. We're all slightly different, but the principles remain the same. Um, so anyway, so... <laughs> So when you're, when you have that small, when you have a glimpse of something, right? Yeah. yeah you acknowledge it, yeah. you know, meaning, you know, probably after you write it down, if you're keeping notes of your practice, which you should do, right? Keep a journal of those things. You write it down and you let it go. And what could that little glimpse of something be like? You know? Again, like, it could be just an, you know, that you feel like something else uh, I've heard it described as the observer, right? Where it's like a part of you that's observing you doing this practice or whatever. Is it that or is it something other, right? And so sometimes it can feel like it's part of you, but sometimes it can feel like it's other, right? And so, um, but again, the best way to have more contact with that is to not chase it, but just acknowledge it and let it go and go back to the thing that you started out with. Go back to your practice always finish what you start right come back to that and so um and more of those opportunities will open up for you you know and that's and and it builds some kind of almost an energetic momentum is what i believe you know that that happens more often and more often and more often until you hit sort of a you know a critical mass or then it transitions into one of these larger sea experiences, right? And there's a whole continuum there, right? It's not like, oh, we only had this, which is really amorphous and, you know, hard to pin down. And then we have these explicit, you know, grandiose, you face know, to face. Yeah, so. yeah. It's like there's a whole continuum through that, right? So, and we build up all this momentum until, you know, these things happen. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think with that, I mean, a lot of people will have something in between, right? Or maybe even a, you know, you know, a peak experience in some practice at some point, and then they're either chasing that, which makes it go away, or, you know, that it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're lamenting that, you know, they, they, they're living in the past thinking, oh, I wish I could do that again, but I don't know what did it and you know they're lamenting that maybe that's the only time they'll ever have that and you know it becomes this sort of dichotomy between the two things right so um when in reality if you want more of that keep practicing what you've been doing right and modify it in a way that's going to facilitate that contact more often obviously you've already had it so that means you're doing something right <laughs> it's just now it's like maybe a little bit more attention on uh, identifying what the things are that you're doing right and putting more into those, right? And making that happen more often. Uh, so, you know, for me, I mean, that's part of this program. That's what we do is identify those principles and then, you know, uh, show you how to engage them on a regular basis. You might already be doing it. You just don't know that you're doing it. And, you know, again, they sort of transcend any one tradition. It's right. principles that go beyond all of that, and they're all following them. Um, it's just that they're not always presented in that way. People get tied up, especially people in the West, I think, because we're like, you know, the more the merrier, or, you know, like more is better. You know, so it's like the more techniques I can learn from the more traditions, it's going to be, you know, that's going to give me more momentum in that direction. It's like... No. How many, how many of those techniques can you carry around with you? How many can you do in a day or even a week or even a year, right? It's not that many to really be proficient at them. 
So, you know, you sort of have to understand the underlying principle behind it and make sure that you're applying that in, in the best way possible. And then you're going to have momentum behind that. Right. So let's get into some of those things because, you know, again, coming back to our original intention for the conversation is like not just to inspire that these things that mm -hmm. it can be what you want it to be, that these things are possible, but also like if somebody's been practicing for a long, for a long time, yep. maybe there's just one or two uh, areas of practice that, you know, they haven't that's not a part of their routine or not part of their practice sure. so it's like let's just look at like some of the things that are important to facilitate that because a lot of the things that we're going to go through and talk about um, as much as we can um, are not just the practices that will help to facilitate contact but they're also there these are like you said like core principle things that will help to facilitate anything from lucid dreaming to seeing energy like right. there each one of those techniques each one of those experiences has um, practices that are specific to it but what we want to talk about is some of those core things that like these need to be a part of somebody's routine or practice to really facilitate accessing the invisible directly and cutting the learning curve down right because yeah. we're all you know time is our biggest enemy right <laughs> it's like how much can you do you know, and yeah. you know, we're trying to cut down the amount of time. You, not everybody wants to spend twenty to forty years doing and this. And it can be right? frustrating, right? Like oh, if sure. you're like working at like it's like, oh, I want to have this experience. I want to, you know, break through in this way. But you know, it can you know you can sometimes it can feel like you know, you know, we talked before we were talking about this conversation. You know, I ta I mentioned you know a practitioner that we know that you know been doing alchemy for like 20 years or something and then one day you know just kind of up and sold all his books and sold all his lab equipment and like goodbye see you later whatever we don't really know like why or right. what happened to him but to me when i see that it's like okay somebody you know had been working at something for a long time not getting the results that they wanted not you know and, and maybe just at some point said maybe have i taken this as far as it can go or maybe this isn't all I thought it would be, you right. know? And so, you know, that just really like pulls at my heartstrings when I hear that because, you know, I have the confidence that, you know, all this stuff is accessible to people, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad for me to think about somebody being in that position of like, you know, longing, desire, excitement, enthusiasm, passion, but just not, you know, having the right, Right. principle in place to be able to facilitate it and then one day just giving up on it you know it's like that's right and they've poured their time treasure and talent into it yeah. right and then all of a sudden it's like you know and you know i think the uh you know there could be we could speculate all day why that happened but it does happen it's not a one-time occurrence right uh this does happen to people right you know, they go away from their practice or whatever and then it you know just becomes they never get back to it and um, you know, and I think a lot of times, I mean, nobody goes away from something that's actually, you know, producing results for them. Yeah. It doesn't, that's, that doesn't make sense. Right. So it's really more about like, okay, what was it that, you know, that, you know, wasn't producing results and, you know, can I, I mean, it takes a pretty humble person to say like, I must be doing something wrong you know, I'm not thinking about this correctly, or I'm not practicing it correctly, or I'm not even, you know, focused on the right things. And so 
I'm producing a result, just not the result I want. What can I do to um, get to that point where I am producing the results that I want? Right. Have I clearly identified the result that I do want? You know, and then, you know, take all these steps to reevaluate what and you're the, doing, right? And this is that whole thing, right? The only four words of power you'll ever need. Right. Where are the results? It's the only four power words you'll ever need, you know? So, and that is correct. You know, it's like, you know, we can get into the most deep esoteric practices, but again, is it producing the effect that you're trying to achieve? You know, mm -hmm. if not, either you're thinking incorrectly about it or the the practice itself is incorrect. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely possible, right? So, or it doesn't match your personality, right? right. So it's like you need to be able to find something that, you know, enlivens you every time you go to the practice, right? It's like, I don't want to go to a practice and I'm like, oh, I've got to get up at two in the morning and go over to, you know, do this stuff and meditate. And it's like, if you're doing that, then, you know, you need a, you know, a reevaluation in your head, you know, about like, uh, is this the practice for me or not? And it doesn't mean that every single thing in your practice has to be fun, right? There's some stoicism associated with a spiritual practice. You know, you're, you're bucking against the trend. The trend is, this is the only thing that matters. Physical reality, that's it. It's 100% it's, it's of everything. And yet, everybody who's out there listening is saying, that doesn't resonate for me, you know, and a vast majority of people, it says in one degree or another, that doesn't resonate for me. There's something else. There's something in the invisible. There's some faith. There's some energy. There's some something, right? That if I, if I gave all that up, I would be empty, you know, even my disappointment for the results not occurring that I want is better than denying that there's any such thing out there we know we can't let it go right like not like you me i gave this all this up at least you know twice in my life you know i made it 40 days the second time you know the first time was only about 30 days maybe maybe 28 days and it was like and i i couldn't you gave up your practice everything the practice all the practices everything i've been doing it for you know, a couple decades at that point. And so it was like, but I was just like, this is not working out. And the, the, this material reality thing is starting to, you know, really eat me alive. So I need to shift all my focus to that and get rid of these things. And if I spend all the time on my energetic, on my physical practice that I was spending on my energetic practice, maybe things would work out. Well, that lasted, like I said, the shortest time was about 28 days. The longest time was about 40 days. And there was probably, you know, five to seven years between those two times. And I just thought, you know, maybe I'm wasting my time or maybe I'm, you know, this isn't the way it should be. But so it was more that there were aspects of your physical life that were going awry or oh, frustrating yeah. or yeah. whatever, or challenging. <laughs> Beyond you, challenging. And you, and at that time you wanted to see like, if I stop working on these problems from an energetic perspective, from a spiritual perspective, and just focus all my attention on the physical problem, would that go away? Would it, would it adjust itself and I'd be happy, right? Mm -hmm. I'd be like complete, you know, like things would adjust down in yeah. the way that I think of it as far as the problems. Went, How'd right? that work out? Oh, it sucked. It sucked. You know, it's like, I, I mean, you know, 
I felt lost, disconnected from, you know, the thing that I had put so much time and effort into and that it wasn't, um, that it wasn't counseling me on what to do physically next. You know, I always felt like, you know, this practice, whatever I was doing at the time was, uh, my connection with source in some way that inspired me to do certain things. Right. And I felt like at that point that it wasn't, there was a disconnect there, right? I was trying to do that, but the things that I was doing physically were not panning out, you know, on every level that I can think of. So, um, I thought, you know, I must just have it wrong in my head. Right. So it's like, so, uh, but I, once I let it go, it was like this horrible longing, you know, this horrible, you know, this, you've taken this thing away is like a death, right? You've taken this thing away that, and you knew it to be true is actually worse than death, right? Cause you know that it's there, but you're ignoring it. Like it is dead, right? You like had it enough, doesn't exist. You'd had enough contact and direct experience right. with the invisible with the energetic to know that it was it wasn't at that point it was literally like you knew that it was there it wasn't yeah, like, yeah 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 it wasn't yeah, yeah. even just like you were saying like a feeling no. that you carried around the like along it was like you'd had you'd been immersed in your practice enough to know yeah so it was, but it was more like you know like i mean it wasn't done in I can't say a hundred percent. It wasn't done in anger, but it was sort of like, well, if you're not going to help me out, you know, screw you, you know, <laughs> if yeah. you're not giving me good information, what the hell? Instead of saying, you know, like, I guess I'm not interpreting you correctly. Right. I, instead of at that point, it wasn't so much about taking it on myself. It was like, you know, it's your fault. <laughs> you're, right, right. you're not giving me clear information. You know, it's like, uh, and so, but that facilitated that, but it was like, you know, I couldn't take it past those, you know, few weeks that it, you know, that I was completely divorced from it. And it was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, I am literally falling apart. I'm not only are things not going well, I mean, they're going worse than they were when I was connected. And so, and coming back to the drawing board and reconnecting with that and trying to make the results, you know, using that same idea, right. Of like, here's my target. This is what I want. How will my practice facilitate me moving in that direction? Not will my practice magically make that appear in my life? It's like, how does my practice facilitate my next step? What's the next step that I can use to get to that? I want to get to that target myself, right? But I want advice of what would be the next thing to do that I can do myself to correct myself in this scenario and move toward that realization of that end result. Yeah. And that's what I did. You know, it was like, it was, it's, I know it sounds like the same thing, but it was like, it's a different perspective from your, from your head, right? Instead of trying to make things just magically appear, it was more like, you know, advise me and how I can move myself to that place. Right. It's not just about contact. It's about counsel. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so good for you that you've never had to do that, but, <laughs> but I have, and you know, and it sucked, but it was very valuable too, because sure. I could have been spinning my wheels for the rest of my life. Right. Instead of like taking that on myself and going, okay, 
I really need to adjust myself, not not adjust the world around me. Right. You know, that's a big difference. You know, the end result will be kind of the same, but it's going to be, you know, it, it, you have to, one way is easier to look at than the other, right? So, um, and you use that to move forward. All right, so let's jump into some of the practices uh, that people can utilize sure. to assess like their own practice and see like, okay, do I have these things? Like, you know, cause these are, these are some of the places where things either break down or where they work, right? right? right, right we were right. talking a little bit uh, earlier before we started today, how important that ability to like self-assess is, right? Mm -hmm. Like if something's not working, do I know the components of the practice that should be working in a certain way? And if they're not, can I, you know, assess myself and say like, do I have this right, 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 snuff right, right. or whatever? Yep. So, um, so let's just start at the top of the list. We got a short list here. We're just going to yep. run through it. And one of the things we should preface this with is like, there's no freaking way that we can <laughs> we could actually like go through and teach each one of these things to the degree to the degree that like we wish we could in like an hour right. or whatever we have here. So right, and it's, it's it's something that you know it's incremental, right? It's like. I mean, that'd be like saying, oh, sign up for this course and we'll make you a master on a weekend. You know, it's right. like, no, 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 that's that you can't, you just can't do that no matter how experienced somebody is. Right. It's like, but you know, what we want to give people is the idea, you know, like here are, you know, some bullet pointed, you know, uh, um, topics, you know, that you, you know, and techniques that you need in order to make yourself available for spirit on a regular basis, right? I mean, it's, that's important to understand that idea, right? It's not just about forcing contact. It's making yourself available on a regular basis. The more regular you do that, the more that's going to happen. And we should talk a little bit about that, like just the idea that, um, that it's about entrainment, yeah. right? It's yeah. literally just energetics and it's not like, you know, one of the things that we'd said is like, it's not, you know, we want to transition away from like, just thinking that we're going to say the right words or whatever. Right, right. And then that thing will say, oh yes, like you said, the magic formula yeah. or you mirror, mirror on the wall or you, you know, wanted boom, it enough you know, or whatever. Like <laughs> so it's going to like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. rend itself to your frequency. It's like, all of these practices are about like making yourself more energetically flexible so that you can entrain up. Right? right. And then, you know, the grace aspect of it is if you entrain yourself up high enough that it will come and meet you. And meet you. Right. Halfway. Yeah. Or more than halfway. Or more than obviously. Halfway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're shitty humans. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Make them ninety eight, we go two. Yeah. You know, if like, we can get that two percent up. Two percent, that'd be yeah. awesome. Right. Exactly. You're like, oh, <laughs> poor human. Oh, okay. You know, He's like, doing a pretty good job. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's like, yeah, so, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's important, and it's important to put yourself in those <laughs> We're places. not shitty humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just, you know, it's like we are what we are, right? And we're we're evolving, and we're doing our best. We're and, doing our best. You know, it's like we're, you know, in doing these practices, it's like we're reaching, we're, we are reaching up, and we'll, we, we're, you know, isn't that part of it, too? Like, don't you think, like, part of the congruency and part of the congruency of, like, thoughts, words, and deeds and the integrity within yourself uh, that facilitates some of this is like knowing that you really are like 
doing what you know to do. Right. And engaging with that clear intention to have that experience and feeling, you know, this is in some ways maybe where that worthiness aspect comes in. It's like, it's not like, um, you know, I suck or I'm good or I'm great or I'm this or I'm that, but more like, do you really feel that you're doing the things that you know to do to right. make that happen. Yeah, it's not like false humility or virtue signaling or whatever it is, right? It's like those are all, you know, facades, right? It's like it's not about that. It's about, um, you know, this, uh, there was this one aspect that um, I won't go into the whole story, but basically the idea is that w what helped me facilitate this initially was the idea that... Um, not just realizing, but having that realization and acting on it to see if it would facilitate this, these experiences more, right? Which is like understanding that, you know, from a hermetic perspective, you know, there is only the one thing. We can call it God, spirit, whatever you want, universe, fill in your blank, right? So, um, and that everything, everything is just an aspect of that one thing, right? So each person, every rock, every dog and cat, every tree, every, they're all just aspects of the one thing. And we know that, you know, and we know it on a, you know, almost a scientific level as well, right? Where it's like everything is energy. When you break it down, you go deep enough, you have an electron microscope and you go even further, we know that everything is a waveform and what makes it differentiate between a particle and a wave, we don't always know right? It's like, you know, something changes it. There's some mind that makes that so. And so, uh, you know, when we look at those things, it's like, you know, so how can one aspect be better or, you know, better than another, really, if it's all from the same source? There isn't, is, there's no better or worse. It's just different right? So I'm different than a dog or I'm different than you. I'm not better or worse. And You're so different a, than a spirit, let's say different than a spirit, right? Different than an, uh, an angel. angel or whatever, right? You're different, not less or more different. And so it's a very clear understanding. And so you start interacting in the world as if that was so because it is, but you don't have to believe me, right? That's just a false belief. You have to experience it, right? So I started interacting in the world where everything was just a different aspect of the one thing, and that's it, including myself. So I never put myself below something. I never put myself above anything, right? And so, uh, and my engagements are like that. And because I practice that on a regular basis, day in and day out, you know, with everything, it's like I have gratitude for that. And I also use it as a tool as well. Or, you know, all of these things rolled into one. It's a, it's an understanding birthed from experience and, and practicing it, right? Physically practicing it and, uh, and mentally understanding that, right? And so I think that that is one of those principles that facilitates the opportunities for contact more and more because it's like you're constantly acknowledging that something may be different but it's not above you it's not look most of these things do not need you to grovel 
before them, you know, and like, you know, you, you might fall on your face before them because you can't withstand the impact of the energy, <laughs> but it's not because they need you to bow down to them or whatever. I mean, but now we're using, you know, sort of ridiculous human characteristics, right? And don't get me wrong. I mean, I anthropomorphize everything, right? Because it's easier for me to facilitate that, you know, that relationship be between not just people, not just my animals, not just all these things, but the trees and the rocks and all of these things, right? I think that's where that comes from. It's not a superstitious idea that we've sort of, you know, been sort of fed as an academic idea, right? Like, oh, they were just superstitious people. They thought there were spirits and everything. No, they understood on a deep level that God is in everything. And it's just an aspect of the one thing. And so they did talk to the spirit of the rock, not just the physical rock. It's like, you know, it's like when people say namaste, you know, it's like, what does that mean? The God in me recognizes the God in you, right? And so all of these things, but you feel it on a deep level. You may not, you may not be able to experience it on the level that you can even conceive of at this point, but you can act on it in the best way that you can. Right. I don't trounce through the, you know, my yard to get my dog and think, I'm sorry, grass for stepping on you. And, you know, if there's an ant in there, oh, my God, sweep it away. And, you know, no, you know, we don't have to get that crazy. It's, you know, because something will do that to me eventually, too. You know, it's like I won't be here anymore. And, you know, am I going to, you know, if it's the natural part of something, is that, you know, would I have negative feelings toward that. I mean, not that I want to go early, believe me, but, <laughs> you know, but the idea is that we all encompass a sort of ecosystem, right? And, uh, and so, uh, you know, but there's, we don't really, there's differences, but we don't say one is better than the other. It's just, they're different, right? So I think interpreting that and expressing that in the things that you do in the day really um, facilitates that idea, you know, and in a weird way, takes out that idea of worthiness, right? It puts it on the table, it puts it aside, right? It's off the table, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, it's like then you don't have this idea like, oh, well, I'll never be visited by an angel because I've done bad things in my life. It's like we've all done fucking bad things in our lives, right? It's like, Jesus, none of us are perfect or we wouldn't be here. You know, Gandhi did bad things. You know, it's like everybody has done bad things. You know, it's like... We wouldn't have a human experience if we didn't do that, right? So, you know, the idea is that that's not what makes you worthy of this, that, or the other thing. It's like understanding that you're no different, or you're different, but you're no less worthy or more worthy than anything else, right? And when you put it in that neutral plane, you know, it makes contact that much more possible, you know? So you take one more barrier away from, you know, I always think of those things as being like circuit breakers, <laughs> you know, in your mind. Each one of those. Each one of those little things, you know, it's like the worthiness thing. If I think for some reason I'm not worthy, it throws a breaker and those lights don't come on anymore, right? They don't work. And so I have to sort of correct that in order to allow those lights to open up for me, right? It's, it's kind of a funny thing, but in my head, that's the way I've always pictured it. I always try to take these, you know, abstract 
philosophical, spiritual concepts and rend it down into an analogy that's physical. That was another one of those great lessons from a teacher that I had a long time ago. And, and uh, he said, anytime you get confused about these things, find a physical analogy because it will make it more clear for you. And uh, that, that makes sense to me. And I've always tried to do that. And you know, I, I use it all the time with you guys. So, so um, uh, that's important. So don't throw that breaker. Don't get into that worthiness circle thinking, you know, it's, it, it does you no good, you know, just imagine and act on every day. Like everything is an aspect of the one thing and there's no pluses or minuses, only what you give it, right? You know, it's just something helps you great. If it doesn't help you, not great, right? <laughs> Put it aside, but don't think that you're better than that. And don't think that you're worse than that, right? It's like, you're just a different aspect of the one. Mm. So you're as deserving as anything else, right? So, yeah, that'd be that one of those principles that I think about anyway. All right, so let's go through this list. I mean, in some ways we've talked, we've hit on a lot of these points already conversationally, but I think just formally it would be really great to touch on them. So one of the first practices that you emphasize is profound relaxation. And so the core idea being that you know, for your energetic body to be more flexible or for you to entrain to the invisible, to make the invisible visible, <laughs> yeah. that you, that your energy body needs to shift. It needs to adjust to a different frequency. And part of making that happen is that your, your sensory engagement with the physical body needs to be reduced, relaxed, reduced or relaxed, mm -hmm. right? So maybe you can talk a little bit about that because it's not just that idea of like, I mean, we're relaxed. So what's the different, you know, and, but you know, in meditation, you get much more relaxed, right? Sure. Your sensations of the body begin Hopefully. to go down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, one of the reasons that, you know, I told the story and, first was and, so that there was context so that people could see these principles presented in the context of that story too. They can pick out those individual things. So there's a place to come back to that and see like, oh, okay, profound relaxation. What is that compared to relaxation? Is it just a funny term or what? You know, no, it's not. And as we go through these things, it's like, these are those assessment tools, right? These are those places where it's like, can't, as you're describing these things and mm -hmm. we'll go through them briefly, it's like, can I do that or not? Right. Have I practiced enough to know that like I can hit that target? Because right. those are the areas where like it's almost like the better you can do these things and the more practice you have with these things we're gonna list out, right. the more easily <laughs> the yeah. invisible will be engaged in a more conscious, more active way. Right. So yeah, go right. ahead. I just wanna make sure no, that's like absolutely. super clear because you know it's like well, these things can be very esoteric and very amorphous. And it's like, so let's just oh, make sure they're definitely. in the right context so that it's like it's clear and people can really come away with something from this, you know? Right. I mean, think about it from somebody who can't swim at all or just has a vague notion of what swimming is, but they want to swim the English Channel or something like that, right? So first, you got to learn how to swim. You know, maybe you're not even comfortable in the water. So you use little kiddie pools or God knows what, you know, a little, <laughs> you know, somebody's swimming pool and then you build up to something else and each thing gets you, let's say... 
a closer experience to that main contact, right? So each thing gets you closer and closer to that, sort of facilitates the idea of what that's going to be like until maybe you can swim across, um, you know, a river, and then maybe you can swim across a lake, right? And then, you know, finally, you know, and you deal with a bunch of waves and you learn how to become really skilled at that till you can finally put yourself in a position where, you know, you may be able to do that and do the English Channel swim or swim in the ocean at all, right? That's a big deal. So, um, you know, and I think of these things to be the same way, right? It's like, you know, people will say they relax, right? It's sort of like going to one of these seminars and everybody says, okay, now we're going to do meditation. Let's relax first. Take three deep breaths. And I'm like, that's not relaxed. That's three deep breaths. You know, that's all that is. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm just letting that, that superficial tension go. Okay. In, in some ways that is relaxed. Okay. But, but not what we're talking about, right? Again, um, you know, we're trying to take our awareness or focus of energy more away from our physical representation of that, what needs to hold that together and allow more of that to go into that invisible part right our energetic part and so um so basically relaxing not just your physical body you know bit by bit by bit and then the senses as well like profound relaxation is basically body asleep sensory apparatus offline but your mind awake and aware right highly focused highly awake highly aware so it's sort of like in the end it's Brian's mind awake and aware functioning on a on a good level hopefully in a container that's just the outline of my physical body right and so that would be profound relaxation which is a jumping off point for many practices right <clears throat> lucid dreaming is one of them you know and to some degree seeing as well right except for the visual aspect obviously but we're relaxing that down enough to say like oh I'm not going to focus on you you know, the face of Dustin, I'm going to focus on the everything around that and make it no different than everything around it so that I can see something else that will come through them, right? right? The energetic aspect of right. that. And a lot of the stumbling blocks that arise when you're practicing this is not just like, you know, the, the actual, the capacity to focus and move through those stages of relaxation in mm -hmm. your practice, but also the natural fears that arise of course. From, the, from the body going like, okay, like things are getting a little wonky here. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm entering a territory that's like I'm not used to. We're used to, I move my physical body around in the world and I feel things and I see things and everything's clear and I'm safe. And, you know, this is, this is moving into that invisible right. place where there isn't as much this or that differentiation between self and well, other. Well, in essence too, you know, we can say that, you know, people feel when they're engaged that, you know, engaged in the physical, that they're in control. Well, we know how false that is to some degree, right? right? And at the same time, yeah, you can get up, you can move around, you can tell yourself what to focus on or not focus on or you, what to ignore and, you know, all of those things. But, you know, so when you start to give away that or intentionally put it aside, but you know in part of your mind, especially your conscious mind knows, I'm still in this physical environment that could potentially be dangerous for me. There's a huge trust factor there, But I'm right? completely disengaged with it now. I can't see I it. I can't sense it. I can't see it. You know, just, you know, if you're a control freak, you don't want 
a blindfold on you, you'll freak out, right? If you, you know, or, you know, plug your ears so you can't hear what people are saying, you know, and your mind runs crazy about what people are saying or, and, uh, you know, tactile sensation. If you can't see it and you can't hear it, but you're feeling things, right? Is like, is that a spider on me? Is that a this? Is that a, that? you know, it's like all of these things come through your head, right? And so it's a, you know, your conscious mind. Remember that you're, it's, it, it's not, malicious right it's anything but that right your conscious mind's primary job is to keep you alive keep your physical body alive so that you your mental has the capacity to mobile around in this world right and so it's about you evolving and so keeping you alive is its primary function so anything that might jeopardize that I mean, that's why we have resistance to almost anything, right? And this right. is a voluntary thing that you're saying like, okay, everything's good in the physical world. I'm going to take that away. Right. It's, of course, it's going to freak out. You know, it's like, it's, it's the worst mom you've ever had. Like, oh, honey, don't do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things could eat you. Things could, you know, it's like, like we're not that evolved. We, you know, we, we, we can understand it intellectually, but we still have problems with it when we actually go to do it. Right. right physically do it and that's the other thing too is like as you begin to relax off the physical body even things like the simplicity of like your inner world and your own mind begin to become the volume more, gets turned up right more prevalent, so your right. own level of comfort or discomfort with your own feelings your own thoughts about things that that starts to rise to the surface and how much more so like one of the things that we wanted to frame out here too is that all uh, experiences of contact occur like not there it's all it's all through you right, right. so it's all occurring th and filtered through uh, you and your subconscious as as well so right much like when we go into the subconscious through lucid dreaming mm -hmm. all of these practices are about training and honing the conscious mind to be able to move into a place where subconscious material or the subconscious mind or you know, the, the invisible provide you a new environment, right? It starts to rise to the surface, right? Right. Down on the things that were volume down on the things that we're used to on the physicality that we're used to mm -hmm. volume up on the invisible, on the subconscious, on right. Yeah. The energetics, the inner world. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And so all of those things can bring fears up over time. Right. And it's like, and sometimes immediately, right? Like it just won't let you go there. And, you know, and that's why, you know, another one of the principal techniques is know thyself, right? And so simple meditative practices to get you comfortable with who you are, right? And it's not about eradicating your ego or any of that stuff. I mean, I could wax on about all that, what I think is crap, you know, about that. It's basically like, you know, um, you know, you, you have to have a personality, as long as you're in a human existence, right? It's like, you know, make it what you want. Like, I think that, you know, taking out this idea of taking out the whole ego is, is, uh, you know, a ridiculous notion, you know? And, um, you know, it's like adjust those aspects that are chaotic within you that you consider to be negative, but you don't want to eradicate them. I mean, those are the, there's a lot of energy there, right? That's a motivating force, right? It's like something that will propel you through, you know, again, the, the truck is, you know, running you down. Do you just sort of like bliss out and like, oh, the truck will 
miss me or whatever it is. No, it's like fear and, you know, and like not wanting pain that will <laughs> force you to jump out of the way in a crazy motion that it doesn't matter how you look as long as you get out of the way, right? It's like, that's not some blissed out emotion that's, you know, that says everything's going to be okay, right? That's, that's a chaotic motivating force of everything culminating in you getting out of the way from being hurt, injured, or killed, right? So, um, you know, so put those under your control once you identify what they are. But first we need to identify them, right? It's like we're not all the same, obviously. So, uh, you know, it's like, you know, know thyself, you know, using that observation of mind, you know, meditative practice to just observe without judgment who you are. And then write it down, you know, do it for short periods of time and then build up, build up. Because again, you know, if you don't know who you are, first of all, you don't know when you've stepped into the unknown. And it's like, and your point of reference again is you. And if you don't know your point of reference, you don't know, you know, the things that are pluses and minuses for you, you're totally lost. You know, you're, you're, you're why, in a void. Why are you going to? you know, extend yourself into these areas of novelty and, you know, the unknown. Right. When, like, you don't feel solid within yourself, it's like, how Correct. well do you think that that's going to go? <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> Hence the bad experiences, right? Or the things that are just so chaotic that you just go, oh, that's not worth it. I can't meditate. I can't do this. I can't do that. My mind is just too active. I'm too active a person to meditate. It's like, I love that one. That's always awesome. You know, so, it's like, no, you're too. Then this is not for you. Yeah, this is not for you. But if you really want to push the issue, you know, I can show you how that just means you're a control freak. And, you know, you need to slowly but surely, incrementally, you know, relax that a bit mm -hmm. you know back to relax right and know that you're going to be okay damn it you you die every night right it's like every night you go to sleep you go into the unconscious you're gone you know you may dream remember your dreams all of this stuff right but it's basically like to the physical realm you're gone in your mind right and then in the morning you're born again right? You, 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 you re-engage the physical world, you know, hopefully in a good way, sometimes not so good, but you know, right. that's the idea. So it's like, you know, to do that every single day, you know, you can use that argument to say to your conscious mind, it's not your subconscious that's doing it, it's your conscious mind that's kind of freaking out when you try to meditate or quiet yourself or relax your body or do any of those things, right? It's like to convince it, with a logical argument, this is, you know, you do this every night anyway, you know? I mean, where do you think that that startle response comes from, right? The, uh, can't think of the medical term right now, but it's like, um, uh, you know, where you're starting to fall asleep and everybody's experienced this, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. You start to fall asleep and you have the startle response, right? Where it's like, you feel like you're falling and you jerk back asleep. That's your conscious mind in its death throes, you know, going like, no, I don't want to go. <laughs> no, I won't go. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it forces you. And then of course, you know, most people will just relax and go back to sleep, right? You eventually have to. So, uh, yeah, so that's that 
that's that part of it, right? Knowing yourself is a huge part. And it's something we do our whole lives. That's not one that you can just, oh, I'll do it for six months and then I'm done, right? It's like, no, because we're constantly evolving, hopefully, in a good way. And, uh, you know, so you're constantly going to be renewed, right? So you want to keep up with who you are, what you're becoming, and move it in the direction that you want, not just something that's, you know, being thrust upon you by life and in your environment. No. Right, so. right. Um, so another one of those uh, practices is uh, something that's specifically geared towards clearing, mm. right? Um, for us, we use a meditation called burning meditation, amongst other things. Mm -hmm. um, but other traditions might have uh, practices of things like recapitulation, right? Tumo and is burning basically in Tibet and China, you know, so, and there a ton of other things like that. And I think that that's like, it, it, those things are very relevant to, you know, what you were talking about before about like, you know, uh, the ego and chaotic forces, internal chaotic forces. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I think when people think about like the idea of the ego, they just think about like their negative thoughts, right? Or the self-talk that kind of constantly mm -hmm. goes mm -hmm. on. So it's like everybody, most people want to get rid of that because they don't enjoy it very sure. much, right? It's like it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, you know, ruminating on the same things or having negative self-chatter or whatever. Right. So one of the, you know, one of the practices that's really important to have is something that's working on clearing those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not even clearing them, but, but, you know, putting them in control, right? It's like, that's the idea. It's not just eradicating them, right? It's like you, you need them to some extent, right? It's like, so don't you, touch the fire. It will burn your hand. So do you right? think that, um, like underneath all of people's uh, negativity that goes on in their heads or whatever that they feel inside. Mm -hmm. Do you think that behind all those things is a chaotic force that is actually uh, something that is serving a purpose? I think you? it's something like, that's serving a purpose, but you know, it may not be the purpose that you want at that time, right? Because it's not. Because it's chaos, meaning that there's no direction. Right. It's the difference between, you know, if I take, uh, you know, some flammable propellant and just sort of light it, it's just going to go in any direction. Right. If I put it in a cylinder, now the cylinder will, you know, and I open one end, the cylinder will take off in a direction. Right. So it's like we're trying to give it a container that it can function properly and to the degree that we want, which should be, you know, relevant up and down. Right. It's like. The same motivating force that takes me to walk across the road is not the same motivating force that, you know, to that extent of jumping out of the way of something that's trying to run me down. Right. Right. So the, like, these are the philosophical like waters that these things tend to go in. And so I, I want to kind of steer clear of that like mm -hmm. for today and just, I think like the, the, what is the main point about like having a practice like burning or tumo or recapitulation like how does that how does that facilitate contact yeah the fact the, the the process of doing one of those programs or one of those techniques is the ability to contain that force to rend it down into a manageable you know uh, package so to speak it's not to eliminate it it's to literally put it in a container that's preferable and that means uh you know Let's say in the beginning, 
that it's so much part of you that it distracts you from everything that you do. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to burn it off into a form that's going to be, you know, more, um, you know, much more desirable for the result that you want. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, it's a way to do that. And it, and it goes far beyond just the energetic too. Like a lot of those techniques are used to heal you physically as well. And so that's where we get into that sort of territory where, you know, the psychosomatic aspects of illness and all of those things, right. Where something that's happened and keeps generating over and over again, causes you to have enough, uh, bad feelings that it comes through in the physical form. Right. And so by reversing that idea and saying, well, if it came on energetically, but it's manifest physically, maybe I can take it away, you know, in an energetic way too, if I can somehow find a technique that will help to dissipate that and rend it down and make it inert at that point. And I mean, that's how a lot of those things in a simplified form works, right? One of the things that um, just popped into my head and I want to mention it is like, I, I've always been fascinated and it, it, it continues to fascinate me how it works. Like the fact that, you know, cause I think that one of the things that's a little difficult about this conversation, just in, in, in going through and explaining these things, like trying to be efficient and, you know, give people as much information as we can mm-hmm. and all that, um, you know, and, and talk through these things is like, you know, I think mentally it's like we have a strong desire to understand these uh, ideas, these um, theories, these philosophical concepts. And then because we have that new perspective, you know, it's like we would love it if like that just that would just completely change our relationship to these things that go on internally or these experiences that we have or the self we know ourselves to be, the thoughts that we have, you know, but it's really like I'm always fascinated and I, my appreciation for it is constantly renewed every time I do practices is that like when you do the, the, the work that manipulates the energetics within and around you, it's like those, the, the new perspective that you need to step into that new person or to, as you said, like, um, make the chaotic aspects more manageable or, put them into a a container that's more orderly for you and more functional for you. It's like that happens through the doing, through the practice, through these exercises. Right. It's not just a, you know, you know, something that you just imagine in your mind and then, you know, it automatically happens. Right. It's like, then you have to express it physically. Right. Because this is where we live. So, you know, those ideas and understanding of that, it pales in comparison to the actual doing and, and uh, manifesting that in the physical realm, Yeah. right? You need to be able to use that information. It's not just, you know, then one philosophy is as good as the next, right? It's like, how can I utilize it in this world to make my life better and for me and then for everybody around me and out into my community, the world, whatever, right? So... The idea is, you know, how can you put it into practice and does it work? And right. is it working to the level that you want it to? Or can I refine it and make it even better? I mean, there's always that. Yeah. You know, so. And so let's, uh, the next thing that we, w- we wanted to cover was um, 
the idea of developing a symbolic language, right? Mm. Because as I mentioned before, um, all of these experiences are tapping into the subconscious, right? And so we know from dreaming that the language of the subconscious is a symbolic language. Right. And so um, maybe you can talk a little bit about how that works within the idea of contact. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's basically, you can sum it up as a picture's worth a thousand words, right? So you can imagine uh, if, let's say you have, like with dreams every night, right? You have this vast, untapped, you know, universe <laughs> that's inside of you. And the way I think of the subconscious is sort of like my operating system with the one, right? So it's, you know, a vast, infinite expanse of, of uh, different experiences, different understandings and knowings. So how could you possibly even run down a single question, you know, when all of that is available to you? I mean, it'd be overwhelming just to come up. I mean, talk about, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a, a retail term about like when people are presented with too many choices, they can't make a choice because right. <laughs> yeah. they don't want to make the wrong choice. Right. It's like, how do you come up with a question when you have, you know, infinite, amount of wisdom waiting to be tapped. I mean, it's just, it's, it's too much for our poor little pea heads to figure out. Right. And so, um, you know, so for, so for that idea, it's like, uh, one of the ways that that's rendered down and made, uh, um, experiential for us is like our dreams every night, you know, so that in that place, if it's a place of symbols, then a picture's worth a thousand words. So it's like when you ask yourself a question at night before you go to sleep, which everybody should do, right? Because there's an infinite untapped reservoir of knowledge there. So ask yourself a question and then no matter what dream you have, you're interpreting it only by the question that you asked, you know, through that filter, that's it. So, you know, if you're asking a question about, you know, your relationship with your wife, you know, and you get a dream about, you know, some dog that you had when you were a kid or whatever, you know, it's like, you can't make the two make sense, right? Not if it's taken literally, like, oh, there's no connection that didn't work. You know, I didn't get my answer. No, you always get your answer. It's just, you're not interpreting it correctly. What's the symbolism behind that, right? It's like the, your subconscious goes, oh my God, I've got 10 years of stuff I could tell you about your relationship and how you should act and how you sh what you think you should be receiving back, how to make it better and all these things. Let me show it to you in a condensed, distilled truth picture. And uh, hopefully you'll get it, you know, it's like, and so it takes that figuring those symbols out, right? And, and, and coming up with a with a dictionary of symbols, so to speak, for yourself, right? From your personal experience. And maybe you start with things that are, um, you know, broader, you know, that come from a different tradition or whatever, or a tradition that you've been following, right? And so when you do that, again, um, and then you add in your personal experiences and those things uh, come about and you, you get a better understanding slowly but surely you get a better understanding of of what it is that you're you know the answers that you're getting back from those questions and we do that for everything right it's not just i mean because again 
the idea of contact is very much so that you're letting the subconscious sort of take a, uh, a bigger percentage of your experience than your conscious mind, right? You're putting that off to the side a bit and letting that sort of infiltrate your environment. And so, um, you know, but it's still, we're talking about the same symbolic language. So if you don't have an understanding of that, of course it's going to be confusing. Of course it's not going to make sense to you or only a bit of sense. Or you're going to try to make it literal and it's not about that, right? I mean, imagine looking at artwork and trying to be literal about it. It's like you, it, there's a disconnect after a very, very <laughs> superficial understanding. It's like, yes, they used oil paint to paint this picture. It's a picture of a mountain. Okay, <laughs> you know, but what is it, right? It's that window into the transcendent, right? You need to feel what's, what's coming. What, what did the artist see? How did they feel about it that made them capture that? And in such a way that it sort of imbues that resonance to you as the observer. You know, it's like you become the artist themselves at that highest level, right? So, but it's a symbol that's giving you, you know, you're trying to understand it from that aspect. It's otherwise take a, take a photograph of the mountain. It's a more accurate representation, right? But it's, uh, but it, it's not, um, it doesn't have the, the energy behind it. It doesn't have the symbolism behind it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have the essence of that coming through. So, um, you know, I think of that with, you know, not just with dreaming, but also with all of these techniques that we use, right? It's like, you know, when you're putting yourself closer or more immersed into the subconscious, it's like you need to understand that a lot of the information that you're going to get is going to come across as a symbology, right? Representing something more than just that one snapshot that right. you get because a lot of the like you were saying before about you know um like lowercase c contact mm -hmm. versus big c contact and your story is obviously you know this example of big you know or sure. capital c contact where it's right. physical visible to you right you know and in that you know absolute entrainment of energies where you are matched frequencies with other with the spirit you know, then the communication can happen much more clearly verbally, right? Where they can right. say, like, like you said, explain this situation to you. This part's your responsibility. This part's not. You focus on this, you know, blah, 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 all that, right? Right. But until you are able to move yourself into that type of experience, you're going to go through all these stages along the way. And the communication of vast majority of the time is going to take place, like you're saying, through this symbolic language. Right. Right. And so cultivating an understanding of like yourself and your own, you, you, you and your own subconscious and the symbolism with which it represents things to you. And then like a combination between that and the spiritual system that you work in and the symbols that go along with that. It's like, right. it all has to become very clear, right? right? So that you can actually speak that language and it makes sense to you, right? right. Which is another one of those things where you talk about people like not, um, you express caution about mixing systems or just like bringing in a bunch of different stuff. It's like if you overwhelm yourself with 
different symbols. You know, it's like the Tibetans say that you know, uh, you know, uh, Earth is is the color. I don't even I forget yeah. which one it is, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, but I know that like one of the elements of the Tibetan system they use a certain color to represent that, whereas in like a Western esoteric practice they use a different color to represent the same thing. So it's like if you start to smash all these things together in your head, then it's just going to be a confused mess, and you're not going to really understand like. Right. You know, you, you, it's like, how are you going to function with that? Right. So it's not necessarily about like, this is the one true system that everybody should follow because blue is always this or red is always this. It's right. like, you just need to work within one that you can integrate and adopt fully so that as you refine that language with your own subconscious, you have increasing clarity, increasing transmission of information and energy between you and the subconscious or the invisible. Yeah, I mean, think about it like children, right? It's like you start with them, they say mama, dad, dad, whatever, or, you know, whatever, right? It goes from that to this. Yeah. You know, in, in quite a short period of time, right? I mean, they're, they're little sponges, you know, and they want, you know, it's a drive to be able to communicate with somebody what they want. Right. And, you know, and their pleasure or displeasure with what they get, right? And their experience in life. And so, you know, and they become more articulate, right? And usually the ones that are more articulate are the ones that are able to maneuver through life in a better way. Mm. Right. So it's like, but it's all about, you know, developing that language skill. You know, culture comes through the language, basically. So, um, you know, the same thing with this, let's say spiritual culture. Right. It's like it comes through the language that you, you know, that you engage in. And it's in a lot of ways. I mean, even if it's like a tradition would be sort of the generic base that you start with and then you know, through your own life experience and your experiences with your practices, you start to develop your own from your own experiences. You add them in, you layer them in until it becomes really, you wouldn't be able to differentiate between, you know, your personal language with spirit and, you know, some traditional language with spirit, whatever that would be, which I think is, you know, that's a, that's a great nuance that, that happens, you know, people, um, it becomes their personal practice, you know, rather than just I'm one in, you know, one cog in this vast machine. Um, you know, that's what I think a lot of people are moving away from, right? That's why a lot of organized religions are sort of tanking, you know, at an incredible rate because people just don't want to do the lockstep march of dogma and all of these things, regardless of the tradition, right? It's like they want personal contact. They want a personal relationship with their uh, spirituality, right? They want to make it personal. That's what feels good. That's what feels right. And, um, you know, so I'm hoping this will facilitate people, you know, taking the step to make that so, just hearing that it's possible, that it should be personal. It should be personal. It's a very personal experience. <laughs> so, you know, but if we don't make it that, it's like we sort of, allow ourselves just to be swallowed up by the masses and um, you know it doesn't necessarily facilitate anything but maybe some um, maybe some comfort in knowing that you're just part of a group other than that you know it's like for those people that are willing to you know sort of not just 
march to the beat of a different drummer, but you know, they want to go on that adventure. You know, they want to step on that path and really traverse it to the end, right? Looking around breathlessly, as Don Juan would say, right? It's like that path with heart. That means, you know, it's personal. You know, the reason I anthropomorphize everything is because it makes it easier for me to engage it. And by anthropomorphize, you mean you you really imagine as much as, as clearly as you can that whatever you're engaging with, whether it's a spirit or a plant or whatever, is like you imagine it that that it's a person and not a plant. That Correct. It's a person and not a stone, that it's a person and not. Right. And so I afford it everything that I would afford a person, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like something that isn't above or below me, but is on the same level. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah. And I just think that that really, really facilitates you know, all of these types of contact, right? And it makes it personal to me. Mm. It's like, I mean, that's part of it, right? Personal person, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if everything's a person, then you have, a, you know, an extended view of something being personal, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and you can engage in that. I feel, at least for myself, I engage in things, you know, in a much uh, deeper way when that's the case. It makes my life more interesting mm -hmm. and more exciting. You know, it's like I'm engaged in the adventure every day because I don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. Look, man, I feel like there's, like, there's, I feel like we could just keep going on and on <laughs> with, well, we could, with like but. practices and <laughs> principles and things like that. But I feel like, I think we've covered like the major pieces where these things start to break down and why, you know, why it may not be happening for for people that are engaged in a practice and right because uh, you know obviously it's like um you know we wanted to make this conversation like an hour and a half but it's probably already two hours or two and a half or something i don't even know but um but you know this is where you know this program uh, that we've created to be silent and these programs of seeing energy and lucid dreaming and facilitating contact really all come into play because you know they're, uh, you know, extensive programs and they come, you know, we, we've decided that the best way to deliver them is within the context of an ongoing um, coaching experience. Right. Because every person is unique, right? So right. their experience is going to be unique as they start to engage the practices, as they start to learn about the principles and integrate them, they're going to have different concerns and different desires. And so you know, being able to address those things as people come into the program and as they, you know, have their own experiences and as it opens up is really important to us and has been from the beginning. So, um, you know, really the program is an extension of this conversation, you know, it's more of us going through uh, practices, but in a little, in a much more of a step-by-step -step process right. <laughs> and then being able to engage um, with you and ask questions um, as they go along. So maybe is there something that you'd like to share about that or talk about, you know, because this is the part of the conversation where, you know, we're not like salespeople. We don't, we're not good at this. Right, right. So, right. Like I, you know, so it's like, but I want people to have an idea of what this program is, is all about and, and that, you know, it's important to us that we take it seriously and that we want the best for people and that, you know, you know, all that, all that's, you know, I, all the good stuff, all the good stuff. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I think part of the, 
or or in my opinion the best part of this isn't just the techniques or any of this stuff or even letting people know that they can experience it they can engage it and do that but i think it's you know um something that we're lacking a lot of these days which is you know a, a tight community you know and, and uh you know we're i mean it's i think the best way i can express it is like i mean uh, I've taught for a number of organizations as well, doing different aspects of this. And, and um, you know, and one of the things that I always sort of had a problem with was telling people that start practices like this, you know, pushing them into the idea that they need to be of service too soon mm-hmm. before they really get a handle on what they're doing, you know. And, um, you know, and it's, it's like having a baby teach somebody you know how to talk you know it doesn't work well, right it goes hand in hand with that idea that you need to that it's that like it's and it's a and and I, I i am so reticent to even say it but it's i do feel like it's one of the things that's really just benefited me so much in working with you is that like you know this i like what you're talking about like that it's more important to extend yourself to do for others than to do for yourself right it's like I think one of the things, you know, to harken back to that idea of like not trying to get rid of your desires, but to own them, to integrate them and to to ask yourself, like, what do I want? Right. You know, and to go after those things. It's like I, you know, that was very freeing for me to 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 it's very freeing for me to hear that even you know on a regular basis, having contact with you. You know, it's like because after a while it really gets into your head and it does make sense it's like if i do for myself and i make myself like awesome if i make myself feel incredible every day and be like integrated and aligned and congruent and 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 move myself into the into the unknown and engage the invisible and extend myself to grow to evolve then like then i'm gonna just turn around one day and i'll be the person that's like helping others in some profound way that I didn't even know was going to like come out of me or whatever. And it's just going to be a natural extension of who I am at that point. I'm not going to feel like burdened by it. Right. And you know, and it's not about being selfish the way that, you know, at the worst extent of that, right. It's like just practical. It's a practical utilitarian way of thinking about it. You know, it's like that one of these teachers that I had would say, you can't help a person over a 20 foot wall with a three foot step ladder, right? It's like you need to build a ladder that will get you over the wall and then you can help them up. Whether you're helping them to push them up or putting a hand down to help them up, it's like, it's, you know, you can, you can try to do that all you want. You can let them stand on your head, you know, and it's still not going to get them over that 20 foot wall, right? So, you know, that's the idea. It's like, it, it, there's a disconnect there. And I think it's, it puts a lot of extra pressure on people that they don't need at a time when they're trying to discover who they are, you know, and the extent of how grand they are. I mean, it's like, really, seriously. I mean, I don't think people have an idea of how incredible they are, you know, and they don't get a chance to actually figure that out before they're pressed into the service lines, you know, it's like, oh, now you have to heal somebody. Now you have to do this. And now you have to, it's like, no, you know, they don't even know the parameters of where they are, what's going on. Right. So, and I think that's one of the best things about 
you know, what we're doing with this membership and all of that, and has been for a number of years, right, that we've been doing this. It's like, look, you know, everybody is helping. It's like they're doing their own thing. But, you know, how many times has it happened where somebody said, oh, I've got a question about this. I, you know, I kind of fumbled with this or whatever it was. It wasn't coming out the right way. And somebody else, not me, somebody else will come on and say, oh, that happened to me. And this is what I did to do that. And it, it was just some little thing. And it's like the next time we talk to them, they're like, oh, my God, that works so great. Because you're not just getting one person's experience, no matter how much experience they have. It's like you've got this whole group of people that are trying to achieve the same thing in their own way, right? And so, and I think that that's, you know, one of the best aspects of this. And, you know, again, it's like engage the adventure. First of all, know that it can happen. Second of all, like, you know, let your imagination go to where it wants to go, right? Not a daydream, like really take a minute to think what would be the highest level of achievement that I could think of in this spiritual realm for myself? You know, what is that? And can I move toward that? Am I moving toward that? You know, and are the practices that I'm doing facilitating movement toward that? So, you know, and uh, step into that adventure, you know, it's like with... Uh, you know, with a group of like-minded individuals that want to do that too in their own traditions, right? It's not, not everybody practices exactly the same thing, right? They're utilizing the principles to adjust their own practice to that. And so that makes good sense to me. And, you know, there's a momentum there that, ha that can help you. And uh, uh, I think that's, you know, that's one of the best things about this. You know, it's like it really shows people in, in short order too, you know, that you can move toward that goal and you can see progress toward it. You don't have to wait 20 years or move to Tibet, you know, it's like you can put these things into practice at any level of skill and see some results on a regular basis. And that's all you, that's really most of us, that's all we need, right, is to see that we're making progress. It's like watching a bank account or seeing <laughs> right. the love expressed yeah. in a person's face. You know, it's like when you do something and, you know, it's, it's all of these things. Being able to get up and mobile around the room without pain, right? It's like these are all expressions in a physical way that you're making progress toward your ultimate goal, whatever that is, who you want to become. And so I think of that on that spiritual level the same way. I don't differentiate between this physical reality and that spiritual, you know, inevitability. You know, it's like engage the adventure. You know, there are people out there that are doing it and have done it and are still experiencing that and still traversing the path and opening up new vistas every time they come to a hill and they overcome that. And that's, you know, that's never ending. And that's just a, an incredible experience to, to have. And we're here to help if you want, you know? So that's all. It's just from years of doing things not always right. <laughs> you don't have to make my mistakes, right? Right. It's like, that's the whole idea, you know? It's like, you know, we've, we, we, can, we can probably get you around that if you follow the principles, it'll, it'll happen for you. Yeah. No problem. 
All right, well, I really uh, thank everybody who's uh, tuned in to engage in this conversation. Like I said, I wish we could cover even more stuff, you know, <laughs> but if it's resonating with you and you want to go deeper and you want to continue this conversation, we wholeheartedly invite you to join the membership and find out if it's right for you and, you know, you know, find out for yourself, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's the idea. You know, we've set it up just like any a uh, good online program, you know, if you don't like it, we'll give you your money back after 30 days. Like we don't, you know, we yeah, don't want people, people to be disappointed. We want them to be thrilled with their experience and thrilled with, uh, you know, the things that they're learning. And like you said, that they're seeing consistent progress towards the thing that's it towards what they want. So, you know, um, yeah. So I hope to see, uh, each and every one of you guys in our next live call and, you know, and hear from you in the membership. So, um, thanks for tuning in and, and, uh, yeah, let us know if you have any questions. We'll see you at the trailhead. Yeah. <laughs>